every decision they make can have an effect on our lives. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack. America's not the same as it was 100 years ago. The violent mayhem we have seen in the streets and cities that are run by liberal Democrats. This is Our Lives in Politics with your host Booker and co-host Lou Basada. And I'm going to jump right into the content here this week because we have a special guest. And I've never really done this before in a very long broadcasting career, but this is going to be the first time I've ever interviewed someone from a prison. A January 6th defendant, Jake Lang, is going to be here on Our Lives in Politics. I'm Booker Scott, and thank you so much for joining us here on America Out Loud Talk Radio or wherever you listen to us on a podcast. Well, as you remember, in January 2021, it was January 6th, actually, that the, quote, insurrection, unquote, took place at the Capitol in the United States of America. Since then, there have been prisoners held in jails without going to trial. Many have gone to trial. Most have been convicted. And there are still some waiting for their day in court. Their civil liberties have been trampled upon. We're going to meet one right now. His name is Jake Lang. Jake, welcome to the program. Thanks, Booker. God bless you, brother. Thank you. And let's let's start the conversation off first. I know you did a documentary, and tell everyone what that documentary is and also where they can find it. Yeah, this was a phenomenal piece of um, work that my team put together that has impacted millions of people. The number one viewed video ever on Rumble at over 2 million views. It's called The Truth About January 6th, and it lays out the January 6th story without the biased news media narrative, without the J6 Select Committee propaganda style. Mm-hmm. You know, J6 was a domestic terrorist event. Basically, this documentary, which is on j6truth.org, gives the perspective of January 6th from the protester side of view which you don't hear because we get these court cases that are all, you know, hidden behind closed doors. And then we get lied about in Washington Post and New York Times. So this is your one opportunity. If you're out there and you want to know more about Jan 6, go to j6truth.org and watch that documentary. And you're going to see that you've been being lied to by the government, mainstream news media narrative, and practically everybody. And millions of people are waking up to this fact. And that's why we're seeing the change we're seeing in the narrative or the public perception of January 6th. It is slowly turning, isn't it? Um, it's taken some time. It's uh, it's almost four years. And finally, people are starting to wake up a little bit and, and understand that what they thought was true wasn't the truth. But you have this documentary that shows what the truth is. And thank you for that work. And tell everyone again real quick where they go and watch that video and, and that documentary. Yeah, guys, that's j6truth.org, the letter J, the number six, truth.org, an invaluable resource. That website's got plenty of different um, information about January 6th, how you can get involved, links to donations, um, links to get in contact with me, uh, email addresses and stuff. So, guys, j6legal, or sorry, j6truth.org, that's my legal fund, uh, the j6 
truth.org is the website. It's like the home base of the movement. Let's go back to January 4th, January 5th of 2021. Can you take us through your mindset on uh, you going to Washington, D.C.? First of all, let me ask you, what part of the country are you in? Was it a drive? Was it a flight? Did you just take a trip down there for the day? What what was what was in your mind as you went to Washington, D.C. for January 6th? Well, well, definitely not my mind was that I was going to spend the next three years of my life in Washington, D.C. <laughs> in a solitary confinement prison cell yeah. in the Washington, D.C. jail gulag over a thousand days incarcerated without a trial. That definitely wasn't in my mind. Um, I went down there driving in from New York. I'm a New Yorker. Um, I went with a, a Jewish group. I'm a, I'm a Jewish Christian man. I'm a Messianic Jew who knows my, nice. my Savior Jesus. I went with a Jewish group of uh, Trump supporters, and we went down there. I mean, this is your real, like, um, white bread America style type of people. These were not militant people. They were, you know, a bunch of skinny, you know, religious Jewish folks. And uh, I'm down there with them. We're protesting. We're watching the Trump speech. Um, And then we get, you know, everybody, we're going down to the Capitol. We're taking a march down Constitution Ave, exercising our First Amendment right to redress our government. Uh, We had a grievance that uh, basically the 2020 election was completely stolen. Joe Biden did not get 81 million votes from the basement of his uh, Delaware home. Uh, He is not more popular than Barack Obama by 12 million votes. That is a fallacy. That is impossible. So we knew that. We knew that they stole the election. And we wanted uh, Congress to send back the votes to the state legislature so they could recount them and make sure this was legit. That was the will of the people. A million people strong showed up to appeal to our congressional representatives. This is what we want done. Unfortunately, the orchestrated event, the setup, the federal uh, coup d'etat was happening behind the scenes. We showed up with flags and with love in our hearts and prayers and with uh, patriotic chants, but they showed up with pepper ball bullets, rubber bullets, tear gas, concussion grenades, and they turned a peaceful crowd with the federal agents in the inside of it and the Capitol Police getting uh, orders from their handlers, they turned a peaceful crowd into what we now know as uh, a pretty 1776 uh, exhibition of uh, patriots refusing to just be bludgeoned and beat down by their own government um, while women and elderly people are attacked by uniformed tyrants. Uh, We stood up and defended ourselves and defended our country. And, you know, the rest is history, brother. Yeah, this is the anniversary, the one-year anniversary of my association on America Out Loud talk radio. My very first show, December 17th of last year on the network, was with Julie Kelly. And I was very, very happy to have her. And, you know, she's done a great job reporting on everything that has taken place on January 6th and, and then all the court cases and, and everything that happened. And, and, you know, she, she mentioned something in the show that I think a lot of people forget the, the objective for most people was to have about two week period to go back to the States, to have the election looked at at the state level. It wasn't, it wasn't about Mike Pence 
overthrowing an election or anyone else. But that was that was the objective is just to send it back to the states to have them look at it to find out exactly what happened, because so many people had questions. So you're walking down Constitution Avenue and then you get to the Capitol, you're waving the flag, you're protesting. And do do you go in the Capitol? Did you actually physically go in? I never made it inside the Capitol building, technically. Um, I was protesting in a semicircle outside the West Terrace side. Um, the police were had a bike rack in between them and the protesters. They started um, shooting, like they said, the projectiles and the mm-hmm. munitions into the crowd. Sure. People's faces were literally exploding. People were getting hit with pepper ball bullets from an elevated position. 60 yards away and, you know, they're entering through the cheek and, and, and exploding in their mouth. And, and there were some really disgusting acts of police brutality happening all around us. They, they took this one woman. I've witnessed it myself. I videotaped it. Um, I took an elevated position on the scaffolding and they took this one woman up over the bike rack and dragged her back like 20 feet. And then they Rodney King style beat her uh, like six or seven officers, baton kicking her and when I saw that, my heart was, you know, I, I stopped. My blood turned cold. And I said, this is no longer a protest. They've declared war on us. They're injuring women and bludgeoning people, shooting munitions at us. And so I'm a young man. I was 25 years old on January 6th. I'm a college wrestler from Manhattan. And I thought it was my duty. I'm, like, I'm not going to you know, turn and run and tuck tail right now. There's people, unarmed American citizens, being attacked by their own government, and I'll never be able to look myself in the mirror again if I run away from this. I decided to stand up and defend those people, um, and that's why I'm in prison three years later without a trial for defending my fellow American citizens and defending our country and our Constitution on January 6th. So then you ended up staying in Washington, D.C. It wasn't part of your plan. Were you arrested on January 6th? Or did that happen later? I got arrested 10 days later. The Gestapo FBI uh, kidnapped me from my home in New York. Uh, they have held me without bond. Uh, they have denied my motions to dismiss this case based off selective prosecution, based off the due process violations, Brady material violations, not giving us all of the evidence that I use on my behalf to exonerate myself. They have obliterated every single constitutional right of mine and thousands of January Sixers and Donald Trump's. This is a corrupt Department of Justice. They need to be redlined. Their budgets need to be slashed. The FBI needs to disappear. These are rogue federal agencies that are running rampant with power and becoming tyrannical institutions terrorizing American citizens. Jake, let me ask you about the gulag that you mentioned in Washington, D.C. What was that experience like? I'm here. I didn't realize you were still in D.C. I thought you you were already in another prison. Yeah, I'm in Washington, D.C. jail, brother. Oh, man. Five miles away from the United States Capitol as a political prisoner suffering for being a patriot. Okay, so since you are there and so many people that listen to this program and to America Out Loud Talk Radio, still believe people are being treated so bad inside the prison. Can you share with the audience what your experience is like on a day-to-day basis? I don't know what they want to hear. It's Christmas time, Booker, but um, (laughs) I've spent 
three Thanksgivings away from my family. The first 15 months I was incarcerated, they were not allowed to come visit me. Um, I wasn't allowed to have a haircut or a shave. I looked like a homeless vagrant. I've been kept 22 months out of the 35 months I've been incarcerated. I've been in solitary confinement. Um, I've been pepper sprayed inside my own prison cell for showing one of my fellow political prisoners my Bible and family photos. I've been punched in the gut for singing the national anthem by the D.C. prison guards. I've been moved to 13 different prisons. Uh, I, I did a year here in D.C., then I got moved all around to federal penitentiaries, federal prisons, all kinds of county jails and disgusting hell holes. And now I'm back in Washington, D.C. jail, and, you know, we're still lacking fundamental rights. I haven't been outside uh, to sun or get fresh air in like five months. Um, you know, they're, 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 they still don't give you your access to be able to view your discovery and view the evidence that they're alleging against you. I mean, this is a real deal, guys. If you're wondering when you're reading, you know, your textbooks about tyranny, uh, it's not just powdered wigs and, you know, uh, the founding fathers. Tyranny is alive and well in America today. And it looks like the federal judges, prosecutors, FBI, Merrick Garland, Christopher Wray, and Joe Biden's corrupt regime. We are in a tyrannical regime. Hundreds of political prisoners are being locked up and tortured. Uh, you have one minute remaining. While people are about to enjoy their Christmas dinner, we'll be in prison without trials. And we've heard uh, nightmares uh, and horror stories about people inside that prison that in the Washington Gulag, do you feel like that you have been left there by the conservative politicians that you would have thought would have come to some sort of rescue? I mean, for sure. There's obviously a lot of spineless Washington, D.C. Uh, rhinos out there. Um, and then there's a lot of charlatans that want to pretend like they champion this movement. When it comes time to put rubber to the road, they're really vacant and, and I mean, feckless. But I don't like to just sit and complain because I put my faith in God, not in Washington, D.C. politicians. That's right. And I know God will deliver me and the Jan Sixers. I'll be right back, Booker. I got a couple minutes left I can give you, and then I got a rock, all right? Okay, sounds good. Subject to monitoring and recording. Thank you for using Global Telling. Jake, let me ask you this. Your trial, um, the, what's going on with the court for you? Uh, do you have good representation? Do you feel like it? Uh, I've been blessed with uh, a lawyer who's a close friend of mine, and my my case has been in indefinite detention. I have no trial date. They canceled it three times, and so I'm languishing right now without my ability to face my accusers and vindicate myself. Very un-American. Uh, Isn't it funny? The Supreme Court adjudicates. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Go I ahead. I want to, I want to, I want to get to the Supreme Court and uh, you know something that happened this week that may be moving in a positive direction for some of the J6ers. Uh, but isn't it strange how they speed up trials for Donald Trump? And there you are, almost four years you've been sitting there in the D.C. Gulag and other prisons. Um, it's obvious what they're doing. Speaking of moving from prison to prison, because we've heard a lot about that out here. We've heard that people were moved in the middle of the night without a notification to anyone, even their attorneys or their families. Is that what you have seen? 
Oh, yeah, I've experienced that. And just to tell you, Booker, we're coming up on our third year anniversary of January 6th. Uh, it feels like it's been an eternity, yeah. um, but it'll be one month from you know today will be my third year of incarceration complete. Yeah. Um, starting my fourth at that point. I will be in my fourth year at that point of incarceration. Done with three into four, uh, which is a disgusting travesty of justice, as is the moving around of uh, federal prisoners. You know, they do this advanced fiction mostly because they're trying to break our willpower, um, basically torture us into a plea deal. So they take you in the middle of the night, um, they stuff you in a, a van, they fly you to an airport, and they put you on a plane, they fly you to Oklahoma. And your lawyers don't know where you are, your family doesn't know where you are. So it's, they're trying to unmoor you, keep you out of your, you know, your center point, and jumble you around so that you basically just, you know, are in complete, uh, you know, kind of frantic, frenetic scenario. Yeah. Do you see other J6 prisoners where you are? Right now, I'm in solitary confinement. There's a, two other Jan Sixers down here with me, um, and there's about another 35 of them upstairs in the Patriot Pond, which is where they keep most of the Jan Sixers. Uh, they brought me down here to try to torture me even more uh, and keep me in solitary confinement to try to silence me and break me. But uh, they forget we serve a God who gives grace even in the worst scenarios, brother. How do you cope? How do you cope mentally? I, I wake up in the morning. I get right into the Word of God. I have quiet time with the Lord where I just ask Him to just use me for His purposes, to let me have a deeper understanding of who His Son is and how I can invite Jesus into my life more every day. I work out. I keep a strict workout schedule, and I do all I can do to support the fight for liberty and for freedom. So we do a lot of interviews. Uh, I run a podcast on Gateway Pundit. Um, I do a lot of writing. I'm, I'm finishing my book right now. Uh, you know, I stay busy and I'm blessed. And I try to focus on the positive and how to use this scenario to make the most out of it and, and to fight the hardest for our country. The Supreme Court. Be uh, an example. Yeah, the Supreme Court. Sounds like there could be a little bit of movement uh, this week from the Supreme Court. Do you have some hope that something may come to help your case from that? Yes, yeah, so that that actually stems from the filing that my legal team did. Um, I was one of three Jan Sixers that got the fifteen twelve charge dropped off my case. My judge, uh, district judge, Carl Nichols, dismissed that that charge. The government appealed his dismissal. It went to the appellate court. The appellate court threw away my judge's decision, put the charge back on me and these other two brave Jan Sixers, and so me and my legal team. We got together and we filed in the Supreme Court. These other two gentlemen joined in along with the filing, and we were granted uh, appeal in the Supreme Court. 1512 obstruction of Congress. Uh, it, it affects 327 Jan Sixers and Donald Trump and myself. Yeah. And so we're going to be duking this out um, with the government in the highest court in the land, fighting for the exoneration of hundreds of Jan Sixers who are behind bars who have this charge on them. Political blanket charge. And, and do you have some hope with that? What's the timing on that? What, what, where does it go from here? So uh, I believe they may be hearing this case in June of 2024, which is, you know, six months away. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a long time to sit languishing, but there's hope there. 
Um, we believe that the Supreme Court, and I speak this, you know, uh, in the name of Jesus, that the Supreme Court is going to take this case and do the right thing with it, um, dismiss the fifteen twelve charge. Uh, it's, it's so obvious to millions of Americans this is a overbroad uh, application of the law, that they're using this as a political instrument, a weaponized tool of persecution against Americans. And so the Supreme Court needs to err on the side of justice for the Jan Sixers because basically everyone's lost their faith in our judicial system watching the Jan Sixers be railroaded with these biased juries and, you know, corrupt prosecutors and and corrupt judges in Washington, D.C. So we need this for American health and faith in our country. And, Jake, uh, you have a lot of people out here, all of the J6ers do, that are concerned about your health, your mental health, uh, and concerned about the trials that are coming and what they have seen. And people have asked me, knowing that I was going to talk to you, uh, uh, about contacting you guys. Is Do you know how people can send you cards, letters, and other J6ers? Do you have an address that will get cards and letters to people? Yeah, guys, the best way to write letters to us is to go to patriotmailproject.com. Patriotmailproject.com. I've been so blessed to receive like, I think like three or 4,000 letters in my three years of incarceration, maybe even more uh, birthday cards. And so that is an amazing way to reach out and actually touch the live of a Jan Sixer in here. Um, so that's one way to help. We've also got some other organizations and a Christmas fundraiser. I'd like to talk to you about too, Booker. Sure. Go Jan ahead. Sixers. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, basically, I mean, right now guys, it's the holiday season, uh, most of the men that are locked up, which is, you know, 99% of the Jan Sixers incarcerated, uh, they were the breadwinners for their families. A lot of them left young wives and kids at home. Uh, They're fending for their own, you know, food on the table every night. And it's expensive in in federal prison. They make you pay for phone calls, for, you know, texting your family, for your clothing, for winter clothes, for hygiene products, and for food commissary items. So we developed this program called SponsorG6.com. It is a monthly commentary sponsorship program. Anybody out there can take part in this. Go to SponsorG6.com. You pick a package, like 20 bucks a month or whatever it may be, and you'll be so blessed when you know that you're directly, impactfully, tangibly helping out a Jan Sixer. So me and all the Jan Sixers are extremely grateful for anybody that does that. Um, it's the lifeblood of our movement, really, to keep everybody in contact with their family, well-fed, well-clothed. So that's a huge blessing, guys. Please go to SponsorJ6.com and uh, help take care of a political prisoner. Jake, thank you so much for coming on the program tonight and doing this with us. Uh, people are, are really interested. They're really concerned, and I know they're so glad to hear your voice and and hear that there could be some hope for you guys. And however you can do it, have have yourself a Merry Christmas. Booker, good for having me on. I commend you for that. God bless America. And again, a big thank you to Jake Ling, a J6er sitting in the gulag in Washington, D.C. He's been there three years, almost three years now. No trial, but that case that he talked about at the Supreme Court that is a big case to watch. Keep keep an eye on that. He said that's coming up in June. Those websites again, 
uh, PatriotMailProject.com. That's if you want to write a card or a letter to one of those prisoners. PatriotMailProject.com. The other one he mentioned, SponsorJ6.com. SponsorJ6.com. And again, his documentary can be found at J6Truth.com. Before we leave this subject, I mentioned during that conversation that it seems that a lot of people's eyes are starting to be opened to some of the truth from January 6th. And even Ramaswamy, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, was on CNN in a town hall, and he was questioned about it. And in front of everybody, even in the CNN audience, he used his voice at that time to bring this truth. I mean, the reality is this. We do have a government, first of all, we have to acknowledge that has lied to us systematically over the last several years about the origin of COVID-19, about the Hunter Biden laptop that we were told was false by 51 CIA experts and otherwise before we now know that it was true. You can go straight down the list, the Trump-Russia disinformation collusion hoax, all of it. Now we come to January 6th. The reality is we know that there were federal law enforcement agents in that field. We don't know how many. I think it's Mr. shameful, Ramos, if, if I may finish this answer, well, let me this, just, is, this is I, really I'm gonna, important. Now. I'm going to go ahead and interrupt you here because, because you're I saying know this, that there were, doesn't approve of this you're saying I know that there this, were federal we agents, able to talk about this. you're saying that there were federal agents This is important to talk about. You are saying there were federal agents in the crowd on, on, yes. on January 6th. Yep. There is no evidence that there were federal agents in the crowd on January so, 6th. So why, before Congress, when pressed on what the number was, they didn't say there were none. They just couldn't so say how many there were. So you're saying that there's no, that you have not seen evi- any evidence so that we've there seen were. Multiple, and so we've seen multiple informants were. suggesting that there were. We know people were, we know people were FBI informants who were asking. Is you there this. any evidence? May I, may I just, may I just there, finish let this let me, and well, you can come back and question me. Well, let me clarify. I know it's very uncomfortable for you. I'm going to clarify my question I know this is an uncomfortable issue for many people, but we have to do the truth here. I'm going to clarify my question because I want to make sure that you understand what I'm asking. Oh, I understand this. And I told you, I was where working three years the, ago. I'm where not there is now. the evidence? Yes. Where is the evidence that the government had a plot, so let's do this. an inside I, job? But no, no, I'm going to tell you what an inside job is because I'm not going to, I'm not violent on January 6th. Where I'm not going to let you put words in my that? mouth. I'm going to put my words in my mouth. And I'm going to tell you what, what I mean by that. Where is the evidence that the government was involved Entrapment. in planning or executing okay. January 6th? Where so I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you hard facts. And if I may, Abby, I know this is going to be a little uncomfortable. But we're gonna we're gonna go through this, and you can and you can you can push Just back on it. For after the evidence, that. and you can push back on that. And let's do this fairly. Why did they suppress footage of now what's been released? Two hundred hours of footage of shooting rubber bullets into that crowd, shooting tear gas into that crowd. You didn't see that before. You saw what the response was to that. Uh, now you see footage Ms. coming out of actually rolling out the red carpet. For Capitol Mr. Police allowing people in again, right through the front the door. vast majority. I mean, should have been released shows. before, Abby. Mr. Ramaswamy, the vast majority have been of the before. footage shows and my deeper police officers being overrun and, and I want to talk about one more case. by violent really rioters. That's yeah, I'm going to give you, hard, I'm give you some hard facts. Of it shows. So what, here's what entrapment is. Cherry pick. I'm not cherry picking. You you finish so anyway, the CNN doesn't want the truth to come out there. She's trying to, trying to shut up Ramaswamy. You can hear it. Typical of CNN. But again, the point is, People are starting to see, they're starting to understand there may be more to the story of January 6th and maybe the story that Jake Lang just told could be true. Maybe enough people are going to come see the light that it may make a difference in this country. It may not be too late. 
We have more coming up in just a minute. We're going to talk to Joseph McBride, and we had him on earlier in the year, but I thought it would be a good idea to have him back here in this hour. Since he is a, an attorney for the January 6th defendants, he's coming up next right here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Changing the world one person at a time. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. And we're back here on Our Lives in Politics on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host here, Booger Scott. Thanks a lot for joining us this weekend, and always, we appreciate it. 
You know, back earlier in the year, we had the opportunity to speak to Joseph McBride. He is the attorney for several, I think uh, seven to ten different defendants of January 6th. And he's very vocal. You've seen him. He's been on television. He's been on Fox News, Newsmax. He's very, very much an advocate for what happened on January 6th and for the defendants like Jake Lang that we just heard from. His story is amazing. He's been sitting in a jail for three years. And you'll hear Joseph McBride even bring up Jake Lang's name. I wanted to replay part of this interview. If you'd like to hear all of it, it's available in archives. You can go to unifiedoneamerica.com, or you can find it right here at americaoutloud.news. Go to Booker Scott, and there you can find everything that we've done during this year in 2023, but you'll also find this show. So right now, here is Joseph McBride. Joseph, welcome to Our Lives in Politics. Uh, it's good to be here, guys. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, we're, we're glad you made the time for us. And let's really start off because when I think back to January 6th, 2020, and soon thereafter, it seems like most attorneys were running as fast as they could from any of those defendants. They were, I'd never seen attorneys run so fast unless they were chasing an ambulance, but they would, they would not represent these guys. So my first question to you is, why you? What's your motivation? Well, my motivation is that I became an attorney for very personal reasons. To make a long story very short, I have two brothers. One of my brothers is adopted. He was born with uh, multiple uh, different types of deficiencies. He's diagnosed a paranoid schizophrenic. 2005, he was accused of a crime he did not commit. And he was forced into taking a plea to 15 years in jail outside of the presence of meaningful counsel outside of the presence of doctors and my family, so on and so forth. Uh, I essentially became a lawyer in response to my brother's wrongful conviction in an effort to try to get him out. And then I committed my life toward defending people who have been uh, wrongfully prosecuted and or over-prosecuted by the government. So um, naturally, when January 6th came and people were running away, I ran toward the danger because, um, you know, it's, it's my, it's my vocation. It's, it's my calling to step up, uh, on behalf of your average citizen and to make sure that, uh, somebody is, is, is meaningfully representing, representing them and meaningfully engaging them, uh, with the United States government. It's always a David versus Goliath battle, but, uh, God loves his Davids and God doesn't like Goliath. And, uh, you know, I humbly stand in the gap on behalf of my fellow American citizens against this gigantic Leviathan that we have in office. Uh, and, and I do my best to make sure at the end of the day that uh, the constitution abides and, and that hopefully we can keep these people out. But right now uh, it's not looking great, but we're going to fight and we're going to pray and we're going to maintain a positive mindset. Nonetheless, how many defendants for January 6th do you and your firm represent? I directly represent six who are my own. We have another about uh, six or seven clients that we're consulting on and or in the background on. Those are people who have been accused of January 6th related crimes. I have also represented uh, and continue to represent uh, multiple people who are being dragged uh, before various committees. I've, I've dealt with the January 6th committee on behalf of people uh, in government and in the private sector. And uh, we have uh, a handful of civil rights lawsuits 
against the uh, the DOJ, uh, U.S. Marshals, and, and and various prisons for the mistreatment of prisoners. So, you know, we're we're over twenty cases. That's that's for sure. Some of them some of them criminal. Uh, some of them are civil. Let's talk about January sixth committee for a minute and your experiences there, because so many people think that it's just one sided. There were two Republicans on that committee. So in your opinion, when you represented your clients or uh, you went before that committee, how was your treatment? And is it fair to say that it was all just a farce? It, it was a farce in terms of their their search for truth. What, what wasn't a farce about it is that they uh, dragged uh, American citizens through the mud because of their political affiliation they slandered them uh, in, in public, defamed them, had people debanked, canceled online, fired from their jobs. And they also created this wealth of one-sided, air quotes, evidence against people who are, uh, you know, Trump supporters, uh, right of center, uh, anybody who had the ability or, or the goal to speak out against the, the election and or the current uh, stuff that's happening with the Biden regime. Um, so... Um, that committee was uh, was an illegitimate committee. It wasn't formed uh, the right way. Number one, and number two, um, it did not fulfill its mission purpose, uh, which is supposed to be the quest for truth regarding January sixth. And number three, uh, there was a bunch of information, very important, pertinent information, such as policing failures, people who were on the ground that day, that the committee suppressed in order to make sure that it did not give any life to the other side of, of, of the January 6th narrative. And we wonder how in the world does that happen in the United States of America? And I know you've given it thought. How, how does that happen where evidence is suppressed, uh, bank accounts are frozen before they get to a court? Well, why did that happen in this case? Well, this, this is something that's been happening since, uh, you know, the world changed after 9-11. After 9-11, uh, if any one of us, starting with myself, I use myself as an example. If I got on a plane uh, headed from one place to another and I seen a guy dressed in Muslim garb, I'm probably going, oh, man, is my plane going down? That, that, that guy was probably a good guy, probably prays five times a day, has children, doesn't drink, doesn't drug. He's probably a good person. But because at that point in time, I was listening to what the government was saying about these people and I was listening to what the media was saying about these people, I bought into the narrative hook, line and sinker. Now, fast forward 20 years, and the new terrorist is your white Christian Trump supporter. And uh, what they are doing, it's, it's the public-private partnership. Uh, we have Facebook, Twitter, uh, who are censoring free speech. You have uh, banks who are debanking people based on uh, social credit scores. And then you have the government itself uh, weaponizing the, the political process and the judicial system to go after uh, political dissidents. What we have is the vertical integration of the public and private sector uh, to go after uh, your America first sort of person. And that is because your America first candidates, your America first Christians, your America first Jews, your America first uh, Republicans are in the way to their globalist agenda. In order for them to dispense with the freedoms of the United States, they have to get rid of these people first. And that is exactly what's going on. That is not hyperbole. That is not exaggeration. That is not conspiracy. It is playing out before our very eyes. And anybody who refuses to hear it or see it simply doesn't have eyes to see 
or ears to hear what is going on in the world today. Yeah, thank you for that. We recently had a program with Michael Johns, and he went through the entire World Economic Forum and the globalists, the ESG, and it's exactly what you're saying. And people need to wake up in America before it's too late and we lose our America. Let's let's get to Richard Bigo Barnett real quick. His trial recently ended in a guilty um, from a jury. Your experience through that trial with the judge and the jury and, uh, and really all of your experiences as you're representing these people, you're representing these people in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. is made up of 95 percent Democrats. And you also have politically appointed judges. Are these defendants getting a fair shake at all? Hell no. They're not getting a fair shake. Nowhere even close to uh, a fair shake. If a fair shake is uh, is, is the sun. Uh, DC juries in the jury pool um, is Pluto. It's uh, it's just not happening. As you correctly stated, it's 95, 96% Biden voters on a good day. You combine that with uh, the fact that Joe Biden is up there calling MAGA Republicans a threat to American democracy. The January 6th findings and in, in, in all the media coverage, uh, the, that in and of itself makes uh, a fair... Uh, biased, untainted jury, an impossibility um, in Washington, D.C. These cases that have gone to jury trials, uh, their 100% rate is a conviction rate. Um, that is that is something fundamentally wrong, something fundamentally unjust with the entire process. Uh, regarding pretrial motions in these cases are very important. This is uh, something that the public often doesn't pay much attention to. But you know, your pretrial motions will decide a lot about how the trial is going to go. Um, we've been royally screwed universally across all of our cases in our pretrial motion practice. And we've had to enter into uh, a trial, not only with uh, the juries uh, against us, but with, uh, you know, we're being handicapped in, in many respects because of these pretrial motion rulings. We put on a fantastic case. We really, really did well. Um I was impressed with my team and the work we did. It was two week a trial of two weeks, and the jury uh, deliberated for less than two hours, just under two hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't even enough time to have their bagels and, and, and have one round of voting. They just simply looked at each other and said, this guy's guilty. Uh, they never gave him his day in court. They never assessed the evidence. We had body cam footage that we wanted the jury to look at. That was over two hours long. They didn't even look at one body cam uh footage in, in, in completion. It just tells you that their minds were made up well before uh, the trial even started. He was a guy with his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. They were going to get their pound of flesh. Um, and it's very unfortunate. Uh, we are happy to say that we did preserve many issues uh, uh, purposefully for appeal. So we're going to appeal this case. It isn't over. We're going to, we have, we have issues that are right for the Supreme court. So we're going to appeal uh, until there's no more appeals left in us. But at the end of the day, we should have beat these felony charges. Uh, He very likely could have went down on the misdemeanor charges. But the fact that he's facing over 20 years in jail for putting his feet up on the desk, he's a nonviolent protester who trespassed. I mean, come on, it's absolutely ridiculous. And from what I understand, uh, Richard has never even had a speeding ticket. It's not like he has been a criminal in his past. 62 years old, no criminal history of any kind. 
He is a model American citizen. Um, he uh, is uh, a back to blue guy. He, uh, he documented, just Google him and you Richard Barnett raising money for the cops for body cams. And you'll see that, you know, he, this was a guy that uh, raised money for, for local police to have uh, body cams for local firehouses to have the equipment that they needed. Uh, this is your shirt off your back. Uh, all American citizen who loves God, who loves his country and who quite frankly hates Joe Biden. And because he had the audacity to travel from uh, Gravit, Arkansas to Washington, D.C. and take a walk in the people's house and take his construction boots and put them up on a desk, the D.C. Uh, Ivy League uh, elitists were, were were horrified. They were they were they were horrified to the extent that this would be analogous to, you know, um, some place where uh, Jim Crow or segregation was really prevalent in the 1940s, and a black man was accused of kissing a white woman. Um, that guy would not have a snowball's chance in hell in front of a racist jury, and it is just as uh, politically charged. Uh, with hatred um, for these guys who are going in front of these 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 juries and judges, and make no mistake about it, Richard Barnett's picture is the is the poster child for for the January sixth uh, events of that day, and because of that, uh, you know he unfortunately went down uh, in a ball in a ball of fire, and and uh, it's 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 not right. There's nothing right about it at all. I got a question for you, Joe. I've always wondered this. Is there anyone in Washington, D.C., besides Marjorie Taylor Greene stepping up to push back or fight for these defendants in any way or form that's really just making a statement at all? Because we don't hear anything like that. I'm in Missouri, so I'm in flyover country, but we're not hearing anything like this. And I'm just very curious, do we have any support from the GOP or anybody? So that is a great question. I had been working, uh, I have been in Congress for the past two years uh, uh, working with people, members of Congress to, 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 to get things done. Um, I work with uh, a gentleman by the name of Alex Brusewitz as well. He's a friend and client of mine. Um, he is a uh, consultant for, for, for many people who were in Congress um, and uh, through Alex and through some uh, relationships that I've been able to come up with on my own, uh, we've been able to, uh, to speak to, to multiple members from the GOP uh, and, and there is a plan going forward. So there was, there, there really, their ability to do anything meaningful had been handicapped due to the political composition of Congress for the past few years. But with the new uh, session in the 118th Congress that's in there now, I want you to pay attention to the um, House Oversight Committee and the the, uh, the Judiciary Committee, and also uh, the subcommittee for the, the investigation into the uh, I forget what it's called, but it's the weaponization of the justice department or something like that. You have good people who are on these committees. So Marjorie, one of the people, Matt Gates, another person, but pay attention to Congressman Clay Higgins. Uh, this is somebody who, um, who, who loves this country very much, who's been doing good work and who's going to continue to do good work. Uh, pay attention to Corey Mills, a freshman congressman from Florida, uh, Anna Paulina Luna, freshman congressman, a congresswoman from Florida. There's a lot of new blood um, that is in there. Uh, the, this new blood in conjunction with some of the veterans who have been there for a while through these committees are going to make waves. Um, I have uh, all the confidence in them. And to be honest, I had, there was a lot of back and forth about, uh, about Speaker McCarthy was he the right guy for the job? I'm one of the people who believed in him uh, early on. 
not because of his prior track record, but because of what I was hearing that was coming out of these meetings. Um, and he is giving all the appearances like he's going to be delivering on his promises. So you look at, you know, also you have Andy Biggs, Paul Gosar, um, all the men, Byron Donalds, Donaldson, all those people from the Freedom Caucus. Um, and, and I think that the future is a lot more bright than it's been. And when you look at what the Oversight Committee and the Judiciary Committee are going to do, I know full well um, that they're going to make an impact in many things, especially looking into the FBI, the corruption at the DOJ, and getting to the truth of what happened with January 6th. That's awesome because we don't get to hear that. And I think that's very important for people to hear so that they have hope. And as always, I know Booker and I, I can speak for him that we pray for uh, Richard and all the uh, defendants and everybody, but it's very nice to know that they've got support up there, but we just don't get to hear about that support. And thank you for sharing that. Of course. See, if there's one other thing, just on that point, uh, anybody, anybody who's listening, uh, I encourage you and to tell, to tell as many people as you can to find out who your congressman or congresswoman is. And to, if you can get 10 to 20 people from any given district to call into your congressperson's office and write emails over the course of a week, um, that number, it's it's about 15. Once you hit that plus 15 mark, uh, the, your congressperson will take notice. It's like a trigger number for them. So if you can get people to call in and say, hey, these issues are important to us. We demand answers. These are election issues, and we want accountability from you. Your congressperson is going to listen. If you do that, if people do that, it's going to make a difference. I promise you. Good deal. Let's unwrap for a minute the narrative. We come out of January 6, 2020, and the narrative starts in the media. As you mentioned, social media is suppressed, as, as we're finding out now through the Twitter files, in a coordination with our government and the Democrats. So this narrative is created that it's sedition and it's an insurrection. Do you feel that that information, obviously, it probably creates a bias to the jury, but is it also reaching the judges? Uh, so I have to be careful uh, about talking about the judges. I think the, the, the answer is yes. Um, I think that the judges have a certain level of contempt and disgust um, uh, for January 6th related cases. I, I feel that's an objective truth that won't get me into trouble. Uh, anybody in DC is going to share that, uh, that, that predisposition. Um, now, calling people insurrectionists, uh, using the term sedition, I mean, look, the sedition charges should have never, ever, ever happened. This absolute ridiculousness. Um, and the word insurrectionist is analogous to the N-word for black people. And people say, oh, Joe, you can't say that. Well, no, I am saying that because that's exactly what it is now. What do I mean? Does they have a different historical context? Of course. But what was the purpose of the N-word? The purpose of the N-word was to dehumanize an entire group of people. It, it was to say that these people have something about them. There's a specific identifiable characteristic that allows us to group all these people into one uh, one class of people and then to call them this N-word. And the N-word, what it does is it, it makes them less than human. It subhumanizes them. And when you subhumanize somebody, uh, only humans are entitled to constitutional protection. So once somebody drops below the level of humanity, they now become this subconstitutional class of people. And that's what the term insurrectionist is designed to do. 
It's designed to say, this person is not an American citizen. They're a traitor. They're a terrorist. And because of that, they're not entitled to the protections of the Constitution like everybody else. And as soon as people buy into that, whether it's whether it's passively or whether it's actively in their mind, they are participating in the dehumanization and the de, uh, declassification of a constitutionally protected class of people. They're dropping people down to the subhuman level, subconstitutional class level. And once that happens, anything goes. Solitary confinement goes. Torture goes. Long uh, disproportionate sentences go. These people are no longer are our American citizens. They're no longer our brothers and sisters in humanity. They are enemies of the state, as Joe Biden calls them. They are a subconstitutional constitutional class of people, and because of that, their votes doesn't count, and the Constitution does not apply to them. That is the specific intended purpose of what they're doing, and they're doing it quite successfully. It's shocking how many people are allowing this to happen. I would like to ask you something as well, Joe, about that kind of segued into that. How I guess that's how it's possible that these defendants were left in these deplorable conditions in the D.C. jails and everything by what you just described. So if anyone says, how is this even possible in the United States of America as a U.S. citizen? I think you just defined it and explained it perfectly. I think that tells us all what we need to know, that that's how they that's how they look at these American citizens and that's how they're being treated. And I would go as far as to say my own personal humble opinion. I bet you that we have hardened criminals and we have true terrorists against this country who were treated better than these people are being treated. That's my personal opinion. It's it's an, it's an accurate uh, opinion. We, as a matter of fact, I had, I filed it as an exhibit in one of my cases, uh, in Ryan Nichols case, I filed it in his original bail motion that got denied. And then I was able to get him out a year later on the same facts, which is crazy. But uh, after I got him out, there I, I attached this 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 letter from the guys in the DC Gulag, and uh, they published a letter to the public saying that we would rather you send us to Guantanamo Bay uh, because we know that the people in Guantanamo Bay actually get treated better than the people do in the in the, in the DC and Virginia Gulag system, and that really says a lot. And I have there are, there are two people out there who who have been in the system uh, almost the entire time. Uh, Jake Lang, who is not my client, he's represented by Stephen Metcalf. Jake Lang has been moved 12 times uh, during the time of pretrial confinement. Christopher Quaglin is my client. I represent him. He has celiac disease. They have been knowingly giving him non-celiac safe food for two years. He has had a massive amount of uh, damage to his nerves, his intestines. He's down about 60 pounds right now. And um, each time we, we say to the judge, wait, we need to get him out. Uh, they move him again. And he was just moved again last night. We don't even know where he's going. And you say to yourself, how can this happen? How can they move people around um, as if they uh, are, are, are retail goods? And you have to ask yourself, has this ever happened before? And the only time that this has ever happened in the history of our country is when slaves were treated like chattels. They just simply moved people around, threw them on a bus, threw them on a boat, threw them on a horse, whatever it was, and dragged them from one place to another to be sold. Now, we're not selling slaves here, but what we are doing, what they are doing is wrongfully moving people across state lines so as to thwart the, the, the judicial process. And by doing so, where they are enabling the captors to torture these people for extended periods of time in complete violation of the constitutional protections, namely due process. That is happening right now. 
and uh, people either just don't want to believe, or they're 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 turning the other cheek. Not, they're turning the other cheek. They're turning a blind eye. People aren't involved enough. And if you're listening to this, you got to get involved. You got to call your congressman. You got to get online. You got to tweet about this. You got to talk about this. You got to raise hell about this because. Um, these are American citizens with no criminal records that this stuff is happening to, and they're being targeted because of their political beliefs. It could be your father, your mother, your sister, your grandfather, your boyfriend, your cousin, your partner next. And you don't want it to have to get to that level in order for you to get involved. So people, please pray and please get involved before it's too late. And again, that was Joseph McBride making time for us here on Our Lives and Politics earlier in the year. And I just think it's a good time for us to remember and think about the J6 defendants. And not just those guys, but think about their families as we get here to the Christmas season. You heard Jake Lang mention it, that uh, these fathers, a lot of these guys were the breadwinner of the family. And these these families are going to be without without a dad coming up in this holiday season. And they also need some help to make Christmas what it should be. And remember, you can go to SponsorJ6.com to help out with that. My name is Booker Scott, and I really appreciate you tuning in to America Out Loud Talk Radio or wherever you listen to us on a podcast. Have yourself a great week. We'll do it again next weekend right here. Until then, remember, you were told 2,000 years ago that you are the salt of the earth. And salt without flavor, it has no value. So, Keep being salty. You've been listening to Our Lives in Politics on the America Out Loud Network.